Welcome back to Throne Hands. As uh, Dan and I will be reviewing Fight Night, Ortega versus uh, Korean Zombie. But first, we'll take a look at uh, Lopez versus Lomachenko. What's up, Daniel? How you doing? I'm doing great, Jacob. Uh, a couple of a couple of great fights coming from this past Saturday, whether it be boxing or UFC. I'm excited to talk about it. All right, so we're just going to get into uh, uh, Lopez versus Lomachenko quickly here. Uh, not too much to talk about because I think uh, Lopez really dominated the whole fight. He wasn't uh, landing with too much accuracy, but he landed more punches, and he's seen, he's seen more in the zone. He landed 50 punches on Lomachenko in the 12th round compared to Lomachenko's 19. He just he, he came to play, and I think that showed. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, Vasily Lomachenko, it, it seemed like kind of put himself behind the eight ball, sat back, waited for uh, Teofimo Lopez to come to him, and I think that came back to bite him because he got to the midpoint of that fight, got through six rounds. And it became pretty clear that Lopez wasn't going away, that he wasn't going to gas out, and there wasn't going to be a situation where Lomachenko could just rush him uh, come, come the middle of the fight and either knock him out uh, in the final six rounds or take it by a clear decision. Uh, so I think, I think Lomachenko's strategy uh, kind of put him in a position where he had to do some things in those last couple rounds that he probably didn't want to. I think uh, Teofimo Lopez was extremely aggressive, did everything he needed to uh, to go after uh, Lomachenko in this fight. And, hey, he's now the unified uh, light, lightweight champion of the world. And he is 23 years old and just won the unified lightweight champion of championship of the world as a three-to-one underdog. That's insane to talk about. It is insane to talk about. Uh, Lopez is also the youngest unified champion uh, when it comes to lightweight division ever in boxing. So – it's 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 an impressive feat for Teofimo Lopez, and I'm I'm intrigued to see what he does. I think we got a star in the making here. Uh, but for Lomachenko, I don't think he should be deterred. I think he's still one of the best boxers in the world. I've heard Matt Drabble talk about him a fair amount. He, I mean, he's he's a great boxer, but you know, Lopez just got the better of him. Uh, I don't I don't know boxing too much to say what's next for these guys. But what do you think's next for these guys? I think I think Lomachenko. There there isn't a there isn't a rematch clause set up with this fight. I think we'll see these two go at it again. It probably won't be immediately. Uh, but Lomachenko has been the best lightweight in the world for a very long time, and I think he deserves another shot at Lopez. I think he was caught off guard by how aggressive Lopez came out at him, and that's not an excuse for him losing the fight. But I think it's enough of a reason for him to get another chance at it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. All right, two real fighting. Uh, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> It is real fighting. <laughs> it is. So I'm not, not wrong. Not there. to say that anything else isn't. Yeah, but boxing's a sweet science. We'll, we'll leave it there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, Almeida versus Martinez. Jonathan Martinez looking quite good in this one. All, and I mean both these guys. Whenever they landed, they landed hard. All the strikes were significant that they landed. And uh, Almeida, you know, he's still shaking some rust off a little bit. But Jonathan Martinez, man, great young prospect. He's looking good. We could see him pop into these featherweight rankings uh, fairly soon. I think with the way. Uh, he 
to piece apart Thomas Almeida. What were your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, all things considered, I don't think Thomas Almeida looked bad, but Jonathan Martinez, I think, looked like everything we've expected him to be. Uh, these, like you said, these two guys were throwing bombs. When they connected, it was, it was big. And both of them threw a lot of strikes. Both of them uh, didn't necessarily land with a ton of efficiency, particularly the Martinez. He threw 205 strikes and landed 36% to land 73 of them. Uh, but I think that's what he is. He's a volume striker. He's a volume striker with power. And I think that's a scary thing in a, in a featherweight division in a, in, a lighter, uh, in a lighter weight class. And I think Jonathan Martinez proved that. I think him, him piecing up Thomas Almeida was pretty impressive because Almeida's been around the block a couple times. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, I think we've, we summed this up pretty well. So what do you think next for Thomas Almeida? I'm not sure. I think, I think he's at a point in his career where he can kind of take a little bit of a step back. I, I think it's, it's kind of a situation where uh, he – I hate to use the term gatekeeper because uh, you, you see guys have these late career resurgences all, all the time. I mean uh, – Look at Leon Blahovitz. He's a guy that was expected to be, you know, a back end of the top 15, uh, maybe not even ranked guy that could, you know, test some prospects as they came up. And all of a sudden, he's the light heavyweight champion of the world and one of the best pound for, fighters, pound, for pound fighters on the planet. So I, I don't think Almeida is going to take that path. Obviously, very few guys take that path. I think he settles in as probably an unranked featherweight that can challenge some guys on their way up. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And I think when it comes to Jonathan Martinez, I, I think we could get, see him fight somebody ranked next, maybe Ryan Hall or Bryce Mitchell's fighting on Halloween. So we'll see the result of that fight. But I, I th- he has a lot of promise, and he's only 26 years old. So I'm excited to see where he goes. What are your thoughts on what's next for him? I agree. I think Jonathan Martinez is very exciting. He's a young guy. He's a competitive guy. And he's got a good mix of styles that will work well in the UFC featherweight division. Like you said, Ryan Hall, potentially a Bryce Mitchell fight further down the line. I think either one of those would be an exciting challenge for Martinez to try to crack that top 15. For sure. All right. To the next fight of the uh, main card, Claudio Silva versus James Krause. I don't think I've ever seen more projected strikes than what, than what Claudio Silva threw uh, on Saturday. I mean, I, could, I probably could have avoided those, honestly. And James Krause, uh, picking pick him apart like he usually does with people. He He's... You know, he's usually a ground guy, but he, he's been using his striking lately in his later fights, and he's been looking good doing it. What were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, James Krause looked great in this fight. Like you said, generally a ground guy, but didn't land a takedown, only attempted one, while Silva attempted 12 and landed two of them. So, uh, like you said, uh, Silva was telegraphing stuff, didn't look great, but Krause came out and just was able to, to generally dominate this fight. Couldn't say that. I look at the stats more closely. Krause was pretty efficient, landing 59% of his strikes, 162 attempted strikes. He lands 96. 94 of them land significantly. That's really impressive. Uh, Krause looked really good in this fight. Again, not necessarily a guy that's going to be pushing for title contention, but at this point in his career, James Krause uh, looks as good as he ever has. Yeah, definitely. He's he's looked fantastic, I think. I I think he... You know, he's one of those people, since he's been coaching, he might, he, he, he's probably one of those people that will get better with age. And it's, a, it's an exciting prospect to look at. All right, let's go for what's next for these guys. Um, this was a welterweight bout, if I'm not mistaken, because I know Krause moves around a lot. But Claudio Silva, I don't know, gatekeeper. I think he's been a gatekeeper for as long as I can remember, but I can't, I can't really speak to that. What's next for uh, Silva, you think? Yeah, he, he didn't look very good in this fight, uh, to be totally honest. I think he got pretty well beat up by James Krause in this fight. 
I think there's a place for Claudio Silva as this was his second professional loss. Like we're, we're kind of forgetting about this. This guy's been in the UFC since 2014. He hasn't fought super often. He's been in the UFC since 2014 and he's never lost in the UFC. He hadn't lost a fight since his first professional fight in 2007, but he's just not been impressive in that time. He had a four year layoff from 2014 to 2018 uh, he's a fighter that has a ton of success. He's a fighter that has the ability to win fights, but I just don't think he looked good enough on Saturday to tell me, hey, this guy at the age of 38 is going to be moving forward anywhere in the welterweight division. Yeah, you make a good point. And James Krause isn't young either. He's 34, and he came in on 12 days' notice, and his knee got busted in the first round. And he was he was hurt, and he still – piece apart Claudio Silva but let's talk about James Krause I think he's a solid gatekeeper for this welterweight division I think he's a challenge for anyone who goes up against him I think if if Usman went up against him I think I'm not saying Usman wouldn't dominate but he he, Usman would have to prepare for this guy because of how well he strikes and how good his ground game is so it's an interesting uh, prospect for it's an interesting uh, prospect for James Krause I think he's the perfect gatekeeper for this division what do you have to say I think so as well. And James Krause is obviously with a coaching background, obviously with that being the majority of what he does right now, he's one of the most intelligent fighters in the UFC. And he puts that to good use. We saw that on Saturday as he was just able to pick Claudio Silva apart and take advantage of his mistakes. So I think, like you said, Krause, uh, not necessarily a top 15 guy, but somebody that can definitely challenge uh, some pretty good fighters in the UFC. Yeah, definitely. All right. We talked about these guys to a nice performance from my bud, Jimmy Crute uh, versus Modestus Bukowskis. Jim, Jimmy Crute, man, he, he looked, he looked a one in this fight. Uh, you know, he blocked pretty much he blocked 10 shots from uh Modestus Bukowskis, but Bukowskis obviously shouldn't be deterred. He's young. He's great. But Jim Crute hit him with that. Uh, I think it was a right, right hook. And that just put Modestus Bukowskis to the ground then he landed a combo and it was over what were your thoughts on this one man yeah two minutes to put Modestus Bukowskis away two great prospects in this fight Jimmy Crute he's he's a special looking kind of talent because when when you can take a guy that's such a great athlete as Modestus Bukowskis has a chin like Modestus Bukowskis and rock him the way that Jimmy Crute did that's 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 a special kind of ability as he, he only took – it only took him 18 strikes uh, landed to finish this one. He, he was 18 of 25, 17 of 24 significant. So, yeah, Jimmy Crute, efficient, powerful, and really impressive on Saturday. For sure. Uh, so, let's go what's next for these guys. I think Modestus Pekowskis – I think he stays in the same realm. I think he's going to get a highly touted prospect next. I like Modestus Pekowskis a lot. I know you like him a lot. But I think I think another prospect is the, is a perfect uh, place for him. And I think after that, when he wins, he'll get a he'll get a solid opponent. What what are your thoughts on Pekowskis? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, how do you root against a guy with an, whose name is the Baltic Gladiator? Like, <laughs> that's that's one of the best nicknames in in mixed martial arts. So I'm not going to root against Modestus Pekowskis. I think he's got a bright future. I think he just ran into a buzzsaw in Jimmy Crude on Saturday. Speaking of the buzzsaw, I I I want to see him get OSP next. I I think. I think he's good enough to. That's could a step. he lose? Could, could he lose? Yes, but I think what I've seen from him in his past three fights. I let's look at his past three fights. Uh, wins against oh, dude, I can't say that that name, but uh, 
you know, he's, he's, he's had rooms against wins against Paul Craig ranked, uh, Sam Alvey, uh, a, a, one of the uh, perennial gatekeepers in this division. Uh, yes, he lost against Sirkinov, but he's, he's proven that he can do, do stuff. And I think he's vastly improved from the last time that we saw him. And I think, I think he deserves a, a shot in the top 15. What do you have to say? I think so. I think Jimmy Crutz earned it. I think he looked great against Bukowskis, and I think he's in a position to move up. All right. Nothing much to add there. To the comment of Evan Evening, wow. I, I got out of my seat when Andrade did this. Uh, shot to the body. Uh, pretty much took Chikagian out. She Chikagian backpedaled. Another shot to the body. She's on the ground. Uh, she, uh, looks like she got punched by a freight train, but oh my gosh. Uh, what were your thoughts? Jessica Andrade is a killer, man. <laughs> That's all I can say. She's an absolute killer. I came into this. Uh, again, Caitlin Chikagian's fighting style lends to her getting knocked out, I would say, because she's not a very aggressive fighter. But Jessica Andrade just went after her from start to finish. And like you said, set it up with a body shot. And from there, it was, it was elementary because Jessica Andrade dominated this fight. And she... Man, she's she's a stone cold killer, and I, I don't think you can you can take that off her record. You can't, and you know I, I was a little wary of. And the thing was, she was just clinching up, uh, punching her. I mean, only twenty eight of her strikes were significant, so a lot of her strikes came from the clinch. But she she executed the perfect game plan and landed the perfect shot at the right time and got Chikagian yeah. on the ground and and TKO'd her. And you know, coming from someone that's shorter than my sister, I was not exactly. Uh, excited for Andrade's chances in this fight because Chikagian's so long, but it's, it, I, I think she can be a problem in this division. She doesn't have to cut weight. And so she's just, she's, she's, she doesn't get tired from the weight cut. I, she could be a challenge to Shevchenko. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about what's next for Chikagian first. What do you think? Uh, I mean, she's, she's obviously the class, still the class of this division. She's still a legitimate contender. Uh, in the future for Valentina Shevchenko. I think uh, she probably takes a step back in the rankings, obviously, after taking a loss. Uh, but I think Caitlin Chikagian is still here to stay. She's only lost 14 times. I said that her style ends up getting knocked out. That was the second time she's been finished her entire career. So, and the first came from Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, so, Caitlin Chikagian was not finished in a UFC, or in any mixed martial arts fight until 2020. So, she fights a unique style. She fights a style that uh, gets her wins, but not in a particularly exciting way. I think she's still a, a top contender for Valentina Shevchenko's title. I just don't know that she's going to be the next one up now. Definitely. Uh, so for Andrade, I think I think I, I think she gets the next title shot after this uh, Maya Shevchenko fight. I don't I don't see any reason why she shouldn't get the next title shot after the Maya Shevchenko fight. What do you think? Yeah, she's certainly got a big case to skip the line, and I think it would make a lot of sense for her to be able to do it. All right. I, th I think we summed that one up well. So to the main event of the evening, Brian Ortega versus Chan Sung Jung. I, and never in a million years would I think Brian Ortega would outstrike Chan Sung Jung in either total strikes nor or significant strikes. He, he executed the most perfect game plan possible, and I can't, I can't say much more than that. He looked absolutely fantastic in this fight. I, he, he's a new man. What do you have to say about Brian Ortega? Ortega looks so good. I mean, like you said, a, a new fighter, C totally different from what we've seen in the past. 
uh, Ortega came out, was dominant. You don't dominate Chan Sung Jung. You don't dominate the Korean zombie. And Brian Ortega just chased him around that octagon for five rounds and, and made it clear that this is, this is a new look Brian Ortega and this is a Brian Ortega that's much more serious, a Brian Ortega that is ready to truly compete for a UFC featherweight championship. And that's really exciting to see. It is exciting to see. And Bahano, like he, his striking looked refined. It's like, I don't know who he, who he worked with, but he looked, I don't know. I think, I think he presents, I think he's the best featherweight in the division. I think he will beat Volkanovski when the time comes in a few months. But let's talk about what's next for these guys. Uh, what do you think's next for the zombie? He's 34. He's getting toward the latter half. He's probably in the latter half of his career. I think I think a nice fight to see would be him and Calvin Cater. I think that's a good that's a fight to make. What do you have to say? That's immediately what came to mind for me as well. Calvin Cater's on the way up. Chan Sung Jung, you could say, might be on the way down. It would be a decent bounce back for uh, for Korean Zombie to try to pick up a win there, and it'd be a huge win for Calvin Cater as he comes up in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, this we we love Calvin Cater here, but he hasn't he's fought since July, so it's interesting to see who he will fight next. But let's talk about. Uh, we know he has. We know Ortega has Volkanovski next. What uh, this this featherweight division I think is arguably the best in in the UFC right now with how stacked it is from top to bottom. I mean, Dan Ige is ranked tenth. Dan Ige is great. I love Dan Ige, and Edson Barbosa is ranked fourteenth. So, what what are your thoughts on this featherweight division right now? I think this featherweight division uh, it takes it takes some some shuffling around. It's going to take some shuffling around. Uh, Brian Ortega has determined himself as a clear-cut title challenger for Alexander Volkanovsky. But there's still some things to shake out here. Calvin Cater's on the way up. Josh Emmett looked really good before his injury. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov hasn't fought in a while, but he's still one of the best guys in this division. Uh, like you said, with Danny Gabe being number 10, uh, that just speaks to the depth of this division. Jeremy Stevens is still there. I'm thrilled to see what happens in the featherweight division moving forward. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. All right. To news, I haven't heard too much. What do you have? Uh, one bit, one story uh, that jumped off the page to me. Not a whole lot. Uh, you don't really get a whole lot in the days right after uh, right after a fight card, unless something huge happens. But uh, an interesting one: uh, two division champion from Cage Warriors, Mason Jones, uh, has signed with the UFC. Four fight contract for Mason Jones. This is uh, really exciting to see. One fifty five and one seventy champion uh in in cage warriors 10 and 0 as a professional and of course the last time the ufc signed a cage warriors two division champion it was conor mcgregor but uh that's that's not to say that mason jones is going to reach the same level of conor mcgregor but he's a very highly touted prospect a, a multi-time champion uh, or excuse me a multi-division champion in the uh, in the biggest promotion in in the uk and i think it's it's really exciting to see the ufc go out and get a guy like mason jones Oh, for sure. Definitely. I think, I think it's a good prospect, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, interesting piece of news. Uh, Jake Hager from the WWE and the AEW, and the AEW will be coming back into MMA. Um, you know, we've seen guys try to uh, compete in MMA, Brock Lesnar being the only one who is six, very successful. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jake Hager coming back in MMA, if you have any? I mean, Jake Hager, uh, despite what you say about professional wrestling, Jake Hager is actually kind of a monster. Like, He's fought in Bellator before. He's looked good when he's fought in Bellator before. Uh, he's 2-0 and as a professional with a couple of submissions. Uh, yeah, 2-0 as a professional with a no contest uh, with, with two submission wins. Big arm triangle choke guy. And 
tell you what, Jake Hager, it's not just, it's not just the pro wrestling background that he's got. Uh, this guy was a two-sport athlete at the University of Oklahoma as a wrestler and a football player and was uh, a national, uh, national tournament qualifier uh, as, a, as a college wrestler at Oklahoma, was an All-American his senior year, and set the, Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma record for the most pins in a single season with 30. So, yes, Jake Hager kind of took an alternate route, you could say, in getting to, uh, getting to a high level of mixed martial arts. And he's still involved in the world of professional wrestling, but he's not somebody to mess with uh, when he gets in the cage. No, he's not. I think, I think, you know, you know, a lot of these, he's not, he's by no means a CM Punk. This guy can actually compete and he can actually fight. So, you know, good prospect, good, good uh, publicity for Bellator, I think, uh, because there's some good guys in Bellator like Douglas Mima and Ben and Michael Page. So, you know, could, could uh, expose Bellator a little more. All right. You got anything else? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm excited for 254 coming Saturday. I'm excited to be able to preview it later this week. This is, uh, this is a fun time to be a fan. It is a fun time to be a fan, and I'll do it for oh, us. You know. Oh, oh, news, news. Sorry. Just looking at the headlines. Sorry. <laughs> this came out yesterday. I almost forgot. Kevin Holland's going to fight again. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Uh, On Halloween. Halloween. Who's he fighting? Do you know? Uh, Mahmoud Muradov. Oh, He's well. replacing Christoph Jocko. Okay, I'm excited. How many times has Kevin Holland fought in 2020? I don't know, man. Hold uh, on, I need to look at this. Yeah, because this man, this man is insane. Kevin Holland. I think this, this has to be his fifth time. It'll be his fourth. This will be his fourth. Okay. Yeah, he's three and zero in 2020. All right. I mean, he's fighting an experienced guy in uh, Muradov, so I, it's it's a good matchup for him. Uh, I think this will hopefully get him in the rankings. I, I hope so. He's a fun guy to watch. All right. You got yes, anything sir. else? That's it. I'm sorry. I saw that last minute. I love, Kevin. I love Kevin Holland, so I had to get that on. I there. love Kevin Holland too, man. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us here on Throwing Hands. Uh, you can catch us literally anywhere you can think of podcasts or just search us in the search bar. Daniel, thanks for coming back on. Yes, sir. All right. We'll be back later, guys.